Hey guys, and welcome back to Read Dirty to Me. I'm your host, V Cummins, and I'm so excited that you guys are here. So this week, we are kind of kicking it back old school. We are talking about the very first books that I ever talked about on this podcast two years ago. The episodes aren't even available anymore for everyone's um, sanity, I promise. If you are still here from those very first episodes, hi, and congratulations on the like massive amounts of patience you must have that I'm telling you I do not possess. So um, let's go ahead and take care of a little bit of housekeeping before we just jump right into the books. So mainly the only housekeeping that I have is the link for this series will be down in the show notes along with my link tree which will have my Instagram, TikTok, and the Google Forms to contact me about any book that you might think I enjoy or if you are an author and you'd like to come on and talk about your books I would be so happy to have you. Um, I guess without further ado, let's get started. So we are actually talking about the 21 Wall Street Boys um, by Lauren Lane. And I'm going to kind of talk about why I went ahead and went with this. So I kind of needed a comfort series, right? I just really needed to be tucked in, warmed up, given a hot glass of, you know, tea and just told, just sit with these books that you know and you love. And you don't have to worry about what the angst is really going to be because you've, you've seen the angst, right? And even though I read romance and I know that the angst will definitely be okay in the end, it's still always helpful to go back and reread the classics, at least your own classics. So that's kind of what I did. And for me, Lauren Lane holds a really special place in my heart. I think I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but... The whole reason I even started reading romance novels was because a friend of mine told me to download this game, this chapters game, and one of the books that we really fell in love with was a Lauren Lane book. And it was Tiny and Cole's story, and one of these days I will actually talk about that book, but I don't know if I can because that book holds just so much um, close to me. And so this series is just so fun and so easy to read and it's not like too far off the beaten path of her regular books but it is the ones on Kindle Unlimited so if you have Kindle Unlimited and you do and you would like to kind of introduce yourself to Lauren Lane these are great books to do so they are very much you know kind of what you'll find in the other books um and I can give you a whole list of which ones are my favorites it's just all of them it's just you know what it's just all of them um so yes, you'll actually always see Lauren Lane recommended pretty heavily on on Reddit too. So I, like I said, just have a very special place in my heart for these books, for um, this author. And she kind of helped inspire me. Her, T.L. Swan, you know, V. Keelan, Penelope Ward. Like I have all these people who have really inspired me, but she was the first. So it, I always feel very... Um, giddy when I talk about her books so if I seem a little giddy or seem a little off that might be why it's also been a very long week here and I'm incredibly tired so um let's go the first book in this series is um where'd it go hot asset by Lauren Lane sorry for some reason I scrolled down like just enough in my notes to completely block the title and it completely threw me Um, So let's go ahead and go down to the blurb. A sexy agent hounds Wall Street's hottest new wolf in an exhilarating novel from New York Times bestselling author Lauren Lane. Ian Bradley is a definition of a Wall Street hotshot. 
seven-figure salary, designer suits, and a corner office. His drive off the floor is just as potent. Every woman who knows him has felt the rush, but now he's met his match in Laura McKenzie, a woman with the power to bring Ian to his knees. An ambitious, whip-smart daughter of FBI agents, Laura is a rising star in fighting white-collar crime. Her latest case, the investigation of Ian Bradley for insider trading, could make her career. She knows a scoundrel when she sees one. Ian fits the bill, a cocky, ridiculously handsome bad boy with a slick swagger. She'll do anything to prove he's guilty. He'll do anything to prove he's not. But it's only a matter of time before their fierce battle of wits gets oh so hot and personal. Now, taking down Ian has become more than business for Laura. It's become a pleasure, and there's more at risk than she ever dreamed. So I'm kind of going to go through, I think, each of the books do the general breakdown and then there's some things I really want to talk about from this series especially so let's go ahead and go to the MVP character Ian Bradley this guy has worked so hard and he's just about to have it like almost ripped away so he comes from foster care and he has a guy who eventually kind of you know took him in never like fully fledged adopt him and it really bothers Ian as he's growing up and to see that kind of play out and to feel like he was never fully wanted and then to find out that the guy would have adopted him if he would have just kind of asked but the guy thought he was just too old and wouldn't want or care about it and he kind the kind the same kind of thing happens with Laura where he actually does want to ask her to stay because she has to get fired and she goes to a different job and the different job is out of state so they decide to break up instead of doing long distance kind of thing and um or like fully doing long distance okay I'm not explaining it well but regardless he asked her to stay or he asked her like what would you say if I asked you and she has to say like please don't like please don't ask me to give this up and she's right and he's right. He's he's right to not ask her, but he's want, he's right to love her enough to want to ask her, if that makes sense. And I think that there's something really wonderful about the fact that he has the, at this point, emotional availability to realize, like, I have to ask her, but I have to let her go. Um, I have I have to know for myself what her answer would be. And I think her answer would have been yes. And that would have been such a detriment to her that it's very important that she was able to go um inks factor probably about a six out of ten is a part of a series yes uh best scene when sabrina and matt are helping prepare him for his date because they're like watching him and they talk about how it's like watching him get ready for prom and they're beaming and they kind of play hate each other like flirt hate each other and sabrina actually got to that she was in foster care with him and for her to be able to like watch him watch he watch the both of them kind of grow up and really make names for themselves and fall in love and be happy is so wonderful for her to see and she talks about how great it is to watch him and it's just a really nice moment of kindness that I think is always important to see. It is dual point of view. The spice factor is about a 6 out of 10. And the happy ending scale for me is like a 9 out of 10. The reconciliation was really great. It was really cute. Felt very earned. Felt very real. One thing I love about Lauren Lane is that a lot of people. In fact, like I'm pretty sure, yeah, some of her books do it too, right? They kind of immediately jump from the conflict to engagement. The next book does. I really like whenever a book 
wraps up the conflict and instead of getting engaged something else happens like a different kind of grand gesture and that's kind of what happened here it's with plane tickets instead because they have to travel back and forth and she's not making a ton of money so he bought a whole bunch of plane tickets for them and that to me is a really wonderful grand gesture because it allows for more to happen you you know can do more epilogues you can do different things like that you get a really great epilogue with this you get to see them get married in another book later on and so you get to follow them and I think it works really well and I also just really like to see it because not everything has to end in, in engagement right away so the next one is hard sell by Lauren Lane and the blurb for that is he's a wall street wolf she's been hired to tame him from New York Times bestselling author Lauren Lane comes a wildly sexy novel of business and pleasure. 28 and filthy rich, Matt Cannon is the youngest broker on Wall Street. He may be a boy wonder, but he's every inch a man. Ask any woman, any night. But when Matt's latest fling makes scandalous headlines, his clients get anxious and his bosses at Wolf Investments level an ultimatum. Keep his ad set zipped or get a real girlfriend and clean up his act. Only one woman can help Matt with something this hard. For PR genius Sabrina Cross, the best fixer in Manhattan, playing Matt's steady is going to be a challenge, even if it's just for show. They already have an explosive history. She can't stand the cocky party boy, and worse, she can't stop thinking about him. So who'll dare to break her no-touching rule first? Because when that happens, Matt and Sabrina's game of let's pretend will get so hot it could set both their reputations on fire. So I'm actually kind of do some do something a smidge different with my MVP character. I actually have a quote on why she is my favorite, why she is my MVP. And it does have a little bit of a spoiler for their fight, like for the big conflict. So my MVP character is Sabrina Cross. Usually in a book like Matt's with the type of character he is, you know, we just kind of talked about it with Drake, um, the overly flirtatious fun guy, I do usually like them more. And in this, I really do like Matt. There's nothing wrong with Matt. He's great. But there's something about Sabrina's tenacity and her incredibly kick-ass behavior. So coming up from like, you know, foster care, she just wasn't feeling very loved. And he like really screwed up whenever they were younger. But I really loved this line. Um, And like I said, just a small spoiler for their fight. So she says, not in the truth involves some sort of placating but you care about me but you want to keep me but that's what I'm trying to tell you I want what we have without the buts I want what Ian and Lauren have what I suspect the Sams have I want someone to be with me not just because it's convenient and we're well suited but because he can't stand the thought of not being with me and that's unquote I really loved that I loved her being able to stand up and be like it's great that you love me there shouldn't be a but at the end. Why is there a but? Like, why do I have to have a but in all of my life, right? And it's played really well. She's incredibly strong. She's just so fun to read. I wish I wouldn't have used that word fun. She's so compelling to read. She's so interesting. She, you want to root for her. Okay, no, I'm getting into the other stuff. We'll talk about that later. Inks Factor. Eight out of ten. The idea of loving someone and they can only give you the I care about you but dot 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 especially after some of the stuff that they have been through it's very frustrating to read like coming from him you're just like you can be better than this please just be better than this for everyone involved you want them you want him to be better um is it part of a series yes 
best scene, the beach house scene in the Hamptons by far. Um, I really loved getting to watch them kind of be domesticated before they were domesticated. She was just so much in her element and she very much plays this like hardened PR, you know, kind of badass bitch. And she is like, I really think of her now that I'm talking about it. Um, as like Rebecca from Ted Lasso before or like after you know she got lassoed kind of like I really the kind heart but the really steely like face and persona but like if you just see her for just like if you just talk to her and you know her then you know that she's not just that steely you know blank face frigid person um and dual point of view, yes. Spice factor, 8 out of 10. But the happy ending scale is like 100 out of 10. I don't know. I just, I find them so sweet. Because like once he's in, he's so in. Once he's good, he's, you know, just jumping in head first. Which is one of my favorite things. Like I know we just kind of talked about, it doesn't always have to end in engagement. And it doesn't. I stand by that wholeheartedly. But there is something to be said about the one who couldn't and then all of a sudden has to you know there is very much that's one of my favorite tropes of like I can't I can't I shouldn't anyway let's go get married right now immediately please you know I find that yes maybe in real life I'd be like I don't know if I can trust your intentions but in this it works really well all right let's go ahead and get to the last one. Oh, this episode's very fast well I still have more to talk about after this um huge deal by Lauren Lane even for a Top Gun banker, Temptation, even for, yeah, even for a Top Gun banker, Temptation this hot is quite a gamble. An alpha among the wolves of Wall Street, Kennedy Dawson rose to the top of the pack by striking the right contracts at the right times. But there's one deal that's been giving him a run for his money, a pack to never again let his assistant Kate get under his skin. She may be smart, gorgeous, and sharp as a whip, but she's definitely off limits. Kate Henley isn't a banker, but she knows a thing or two about risk management, specifically about managing her attraction to her smolderingly sexy boss. She already fell once, and Kennedy showed no sign of paying a return on her investment. So when Kennedy's brother starts pursuing her, Kate figures she has the best of both worlds. Jack is charming, rich, very attentive, and the spitting image of his older brother. It's also making Kennedy think twice. But to win Kate's heart, he'll have to broker the Jack. The, oh my gosh broker the deal of a lifetime and he's worth the risk I was thinking of um Jack because they make Titanic jokes so I was like oh yeah I'm thinking about the Titanic jokes and then can't read so this one was this one is really interesting to watch because you really get to watch it play out throughout the other books and that's kind of the same I really felt that way with uh Lena and Logan's book with the series that we talked about last week by J.A. Lowe this felt almost a little bit more in your face than that one um you kind of got to see how she at least for her side really pined for him and why she was so upset you know he called her plane whenever she had overheard them talking and he had called her plane um back when she first started working for them and you find out later that he actually doesn't think she's plain He was just so terrified of like falling for her and losing her as an assistant that he made them all agree to a pact. And Matt and Ian eventually are like, we never actually needed the pact. You needed the pact because like you were so in love with her, Um, which was like a very fun kind of like playful moment between the three of them. 
because they just, you know, they definitely didn't need it. They were like, yeah, we never really got attracted to her. Of course, she was like cute and stuff, but she wasn't really our type. We just always, you know, kind of figured it was for you. So I guess I didn't explain. I should probably explain. Kate is all three of their assistants. She um, takes care of all three of them. She's incredibly competent at her job. So they have all just kind of kept her. And eventually she gets to bring in someone else, which is really nice. And she's like, I have to get rid of kind of two of you. Or I have to get rid of one of you. I can keep two of you. And at this point, they're like kind of arguing. And Kennedy just says, eh, you can kind of get rid of me. And she gets really upset, which is... I don't know. Their story is really hard to read sometimes because that level of like unrequited love and the way that Kate feels about herself because of it is really hard to watch or read or, you know, watch play out, however you want to word it. Um, And so I think that that can be really frustrating. That all being said, though, Kennedy is my MVP. He seems it seems like he messes up so bad and he, he does he's scared about losing her and I think overall he redeems himself in the end so much but like I said that unrequited love is just really hard to overcome and it's really hard to kind of get over and especially hearing that the man that you love finds you plain even if he didn't mean it is really just like a punch in the gut angst factor seven out of ten because eventually she stops talking to him and you kind of want to shake her and be like what is happening why aren't just speak to him just speak to him and, and talk things through um it is you know part of a series the best scene a little bit of a spoiler for like the first book uh is whenever lauren and ian are getting married they kennedy and matt are both up at the aisle and they're both tearing up now this does lead into some like of the angst and the turmoil um but the beginning of it is very cute she does so good doing series because of the relationship between the characters and once again I'm getting ahead of myself so hold on it is a dual point of view the spice factor is a seven out of ten and the happy ending scale is like a nine and a half out of ten because I love what she has Kate do especially to a man like Kennedy um because Kennedy does feel very old school. They're practically, you know, they're, they are named because of the Kennedys. They are old, old money. So it's very fun that Kate kind of gets to get the upper hand on him at the end of it. So that's the end of the books. But I really want to talk about this series as a whole. Lauren Lane can do a series. I think her best is still the Stiletto series which does feed into the Oxford series. The Oxford series for me, I think the first like Lincoln, Lincoln and Cole's book are very good. And then I think not that it falls off, but it doesn't hold as much weight in the rest of the Oxford series. Um, I think because at that point I was just so deep into all the other ones and I kind of burned myself out on them. Um, but this book or this series was perfect because it was three books went by quick but not only that these characters really truly loved each other you know with the exception of Laura they had all been together these five you know had really come into their own successes as a group and yes you know Matt and Sabrina have their fights they're very big and very valid fights Kate has had a hard time sometimes being around because of her unrequited love with Kennedy and 
you definitely see kind of like I think Ian it's a good thing he had his book first because he was kind of the odd man out and he needed somebody like Laura but she does a good job of building this these characters friendships so much that it's easy to root for them when I was going through my MVP characters and I was trying to decide which one was going to be which for each book it was really hard because each of the women are strong and tenacious and vulnerable and kind and you want them to just continuously kick ass and they know how to stand up for themselves Laura has to tell you know Ian please don't ask me not to go Sabrina has to say I need you like I need somebody who doesn't have to add a but after they tell me that they care about me and you have Kate who kind of has to realize like this man's never gonna love me so I'm just gonna have to find somebody else to love me and so to have those women who you are they're just so easy to root for even whenever Laura is like investigating Ian you know you want Ian to get off but you also want her to have the career that she wants that she thinks will be attainable if she is able to you know provide enough evidence to get him under investigation or arrested or whatever it is Um, I can't remember the exact terminology you still want her to succeed but you also want him to succeed so you know Ian won that battle a little bit but then you have Matt who's so funny and cocky and a jerk but then he gets around Sabrina and he's quiet and he loves her and he's vulnerable and like Kennedy who does these things behind Kate's back to take care of her because he doesn't want to buy her affection he wants her to care about him because he of him and so he hides these wonderful things that he does for her because he just wants her to accept him not old money him and it's like how do you pick you know how do you pick the man who grew up in foster care who is buying tvs for his foster dad because his dad keeps breaking them you know or do you root for the woman who's trying to make it her own way in the fbi in a few um you know hopefully but like get there in her career do you root for the man who messed up whenever he was young but clearly loves this woman do you root for the woman who grew up in foster care and has fine has really created this incredible life for herself and is standing up for herself okay and then in the last book do you root for the man who has put forth all of this effort and kindness towards this woman and but also hurt her so deeply do you root for the woman who you know like has loved this man and done everything for this man so much but then can't even talk to him whenever he's begging to be talked to how do you pick you know and that's what I love about Lauren Lane is that these characters are all real and they're all sympathetic and they're all worthy of these stories they are all worthy of finding this love and finding this romance and for me I just, I don't know if anybody does a feel-good snuggle romance for me, like Lauren Lane, because even when 
Kate shuts Kennedy out and he's heartbroken because he just wants to hear her voice. You still don't blame Kate for being able to, for having to walk away when she's hurt. Her dad passes away. So small content warning for that um, throughout the book. And he tries to be there for her and she has to push him away after watching, you know, Laura get walked down the aisle by her dad. And so she has to push Kennedy away because she's so heartbroken. And I wish that, I wish I could describe how these characters can feel to me because they just feel like friends and they feel not like a weird parasocial type of way but in a I just want them to be happy and I want them to find love and with Lauren Lane you get that and you get that in a very nice sized you know decent decent length books um without feeling too overwhelmed sorry I kind of went into like a dreamlike state while I was like talking I'm gonna have to review this like crazy to make sure it didn't end up as bad as I think it did but I think that's just kind of how I feel about her you know these books are very dreamlike they're very warm um there is a I love a good Taylor Swift reference we talked about it I think can give me more I might have cut it out I'm not sure but there is something for me or no sorry not give me more um uh last week and with the JLO um it's the same way whenever I put on a Taylor Swift record I know I'm going to enjoy the music that I listen to I know you know, for the most part, especially after folklore and evermore, you know, I can put on something cozy and just read and, and the world can fall away. That's how Lauren Lane feels for me. Her books feel timeless. You're not going to see a ton of, um, uh, like current references, which I love. You're not going to see that kind of, it's, it's going to fit for a lot of people. And it's a very good, like rom-com, you know, I think of it as like a, you've got mail, or Sleepless in Seattle. You've Got Mail has been all over my TikTok lately. I don't know about anybody else, but I found that really interesting. Um, I feel like I'm constantly seeing um, seeing just like cross stitches and stuff like that. So I don't know if the universe is telling me to go watch that movie again. But there is something very warm about those. The Holiday is my favorite movie. Um, and I really liken Lauren Lane's books to those. T.L. Swan gives you a little bit darker. With a V. Keelan book, you know you're going to get kind of like a sucker punch of like a, a crisis or trauma. Um, with, with Lauren Lane, I don't feel like you're going to get those. You're just going to be comforted. You're going to be warmed up. So um, that is all I have for this week. Like I said, I guess this episode was a little bit more kind of off the walls than I meant it to be, but... My apologies. I just had to talk about how much I love these books and how compelling they are to me. I just hope everybody kind of takes some time this weekend, gets a, you know, a cup of coffee or a mug of tea and finds their comfort book and snuggles in and gets warm and just allows themselves a moment of peace with your comfort book or your comfort show and just remember that it's okay to go back to those classics you know there was something really wonderful about visiting these books again and reminding myself you know just how wonderful I can feel after reading these she has a new book coming out um in July I believe and I can't wait for that one either so anyway what oh also 
these books are on Kindle Unlimited. I think they are one of her only books to be on Kindle Unlimited. So it's a great introduction to her. Um, I highly recommend you go check them out. Like I said, the link will be in the bio. I never know how to end these things. Thank you so much for being here and for talking with me this week uh, or listening to me this week. Please hop on over to my TikTok, my Instagram. I think what I'm going to start doing with Instagram is putting up um, like if I'm reading a book that I really like throughout the week, but it's not going to fit in with that show. I'm going to kind of make some fun graphics for it and just talk about more books over there. And I think that that's all I have for you guys today. So that is it for Read Dirty to Me. And thank you so much for being here. Bye.